The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show. This is episode number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine, number... Whoa! (laughs) Better stop right there. You know, I can't afford the licensing fees for the Beatles. No. Well, seems there was quite a shootout in Paris between police and the ISIS cell. It also appears they got the ringleader, Abdel Hamid Aboud, and sent that grinning bastard to his 72 virgins. By the way, what kind of religion preaches that heaven is a brothel? <laughs> uh, anyway, it looks like French authorities have allowed their police to be armed, unlike that poor French officer who was sent into the uh, Charlie Hebdo attack unarmed. Yeah, that didn't go well. That was pretty bad. See, if you're being attacked by a gunman, your only defense is a gun. No, guns are never the answer. Only a means to more violence. Oh, hey, lefty. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Lefty Turdington. I've added him to the show in case, you know, net neutrality results in a new fairness doctrine. Let's hope so. Long overdue. Sorry, haters, but you know it's true. So, uh, Lefty, uh, do you think the outcome would have been better if some Frenchmen at the concert or restaurants had been armed and fought back? Absolutely not. What are you, insane? Guns equals more violence. Period. More violence than 130 dead? Look, if you use a gun for whatever reason, you're a killer too. Defending yourself from ISIS's murder? You always go to violence. Well, it's war. War doesn't fit in the 21st century. We should be seeking out the moderate wing of ISIS and negotiate a settlement. Moderate? What? Tell them they they can only kill infidels and not other Muslims? Oh, God, just, just, that's not the question. First of all, the Islamic State is not Islamic. Yes, it is. Damn, you sound like Hillary. Thank you. She's completely right. (laughs) Well, uh, I guess it all depends on what the meaning of is is. (laughs) That's so unfair. How dare you? Hey, look, all I'm saying is that, like everything else, there are good Muslims and bad Muslims. And uh, I'm saying ISIS are the bad Muslims. All I hear from you is bigotry and xenophobia. I guess you think we should halt the refugees, too. Oh, wait, no, I'm guessing you'll accept the Christians. Well, they usually don't attack people, so... Tim McVeigh? Hitler? Hello? Speaking of Hitler, you're like the people who denied safe haven for Jews in World War II. (sighs) Yeah, I dealt with that crappy argument on the Anthony Cumia show on from anthonycumia.com. Yes, check it out, folks. It's only $7 a month. Yes, and you not only do you get Anthony Cumia's show, but you get other great shows like Legion of Skanks and my personal favorite, Gavin McGinnis Show and New York Crime Report. Yes, you can't find a better deal for such a cheap price. Anyway, yes, 
Uh, I dealt with this argument on that show when I called in. Ugh, another gun-toting racist. Yeah, 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 whatever. Let's hear that clip. Uh, Doug from uh, Louisiana. Hey, Anthony. How you doing, man? Yes, uh, one of the uh, usual arguments going on with this uh, refugee crisis is to compare, uh, make the analogy to the, the Jews when they were looking for you know safe haven from the Nazis right. in World War II. I've heard that, yeah. So, but it doesn't quite work out because the Jews were not bringing Nazis with them when they were looking for asylum. <laughs> that's that's a great point, right? If if uh, some ISIS members are intermingled with uh, these refugees to to get into certain areas where they could do harm, uh, yeah. yeah. If you want to equate that with the Jews that were looking for some type of uh, uh, support back in uh, the 40s and 30s, um, yeah. Could you imagine, like, oh, yeah, we're going to bring a few uh, few of these guys. This is a friend of mine from the tower. Uh, here's a guy that uh, he worked at the gas chambers. We're going to bring him, too. Uh, yeah, they weren't bringing people that were going to do harm to uh, the nations that they were looking to uh, for refuge in. Good point. Yes. Good point, my friend. So, yeah, the comparison is total horseshit. Speaking of horseshit. Hey, Mr. Sex Ed. Hey, man, it's been a while. How you been? I've been lonely. Wilbur's in the hospital having rectal reconstruction surgery, and the wife's up there with him. Oh. Oh. Um, well, uh, I hope he has a quick recovery. I heard that. Listen, uh, I came to tell you I uh, had a little accident in the living room. Uh, plus, my sheath needs cleaning, so I was wondering. <laughs> Hell no! God, you creepy old nag! How dare you! Have you no respect for nature's beautiful creatures? Well, uh, hey, Lefty. Why don't you help Ed? God forbid a heartless right-winger like me be left responsible for a helpless animal. Finally, some sanity. It's good to admit your flaws, dog. Yeah, whatever. You two have fun. Don't worry. I will. Come on, Mr. Sex said. Come on, I'll take care oh, of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, what? Oh, God. Well, we've learned a lot here, right? Yes, the rules appear to be that something that is Islamic isn't always Islamic. Confused? Well, here's a better illustration that might help. Tim McVeigh was a Christian, but Osama bin Laden was not a Muslim. See? Ah, <laughs> that should clear it up. Up next, I'll read some news after these messages. Hello, I'm Senator Rand Paul. Years ago, I began to notice that I was losing my hair. I sought out the usual remedies of transplants, but unfortunately, I was told I lacked the necessary follicle replacement in the back of my head. So, I discovered the pubic hair system. That's right, Senator Paul. Why live with the humiliating nightmare that is baldness just because your back hair follicle count doesn't meet the standards? Now with the pubic hair system, our expert surgeons simply remove the follicle hair from your pubes and then transplant it into the balding areas on the top of your head. Within months, you've got a lush, bushy, curly pile of hair. Ha oh, ha, you better believe it. And guess what, gang? I'm taking this new hairdo all the way to the White House. So don't delay. Inquire about the pubic hair restoration system today. 
You know, when we get old, we often find ourselves seeking out the comforts of a warmer climate, typically found in the sunshine state of Florida. My friend says, hey, Grandma, how are things in Key West? And she goes, uh, this is the first sentence out of her mouth. Uh, Don't try the shellfish. I did, and I've been bleeding from the rectum for a week. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Maybe that's the... She didn't pay for it. That's how she paid, made pavement. She took it in the ass by the owner. Who is she? Vicki Lawrence playing grandma? Yeah. She's I'm been... bleeding from the rectum. <laughs> I swear the first words out of her mouth. I, there's fruit punch in my toilet. What happened? A lobster claw. It, it dug through my fucking diapers. Oh, I, I, she couldn't say, hey, we're having a great time. It was. <laughs> Don't look back. Or you'll be seeing red. Oh, bye. Tune in for more silliness on the Bob Levy Show. Mr. Nelson here. Say, do you love the sound of my voice? <laughs> I know. Me too. Well, now, with a little chump change, you can enjoy the sound of my voice while watching a movie. That's right. Films like Beast from Haunted Cave. It's about a bank heist gone wrong. No, it doesn't go wrong because the handsome ski instructor foils the plot. Or because the robber's chain-smoking nymphomaniac girlfriend turns on him. No, it's because the gang didn't count on a giant spider monster living in a nearby haunted cave. The film stars Michael Forrest, who portrayed Apollo in the original Star Trek TV series. Yes, he's the guy who became a giant, making Captain Kirk look up his toga. Warning, due to an extreme lack of talent bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So what are you waiting for? Head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. <laughs> yes, Nelson, for me. There you'll find all the films that I've graced with my smart-ass commentary. So again, head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. And now, it's time for the news! Lampung, Indonesia. Groom discovers bride isn't a virgin. Eats genitals of her rapist. Two Indonesian newlyweds have been arrested on accusations they plotted to kill a man the woman said had raped her a week before her marriage. And police said Tuesday the couple ate the victim's genitals after the man was killed. Lampoon police spokeswoman, Lieutenant Colonel, uh, yeah, your guess is as good as mine, said Rudy Effendi and his wife, Nuria, were being held for further investigation after their arrest Sunday at their house in Tulang Bawang District in Sumatra's Lampoon province. Sulistigesnik, yeah, the police, the Lieutenant Colonel, uh, who uses one name. That's <laughs> what's written here. I'll call her Suli. Suli said police found the victim's body in a burnt minivan October 4th. She said the month-long investigation led to the conclusion that the couple had planned to kill the victim, who was a driver for a travel agency. The couple had married in September, and the husband found on the wedding night that his wife was no longer a virgin. She then said she had been raped one week before the marriage. Police said Effendi, 30, asked his 20-year-old wife to arrange a meeting with the man she accused of raping her. Effendi stabbed the man to death and cut off his genitals, 
before setting a blaze to the car. Effendi said he fried the severed genitals and ate them to cure his heartache over the rape. Hmm. I hadn't thought of that remedy. Official charges have not been filed. Police said the couple could be charged with premeditated murder. <laughs> you think? Which carries a maximum death penalty. Meanwhile, in Los Angeles, man sentenced for killing and dismembering his boyfriend. A man who killed and dismembered his boyfriend, leaving the head near the Hollywood sign, has been sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. City News Service says 40-year-old Gabriel Campos Martinez was sentenced Monday by a judge who urged him to explain why he committed the murder. Campos Martinez earlier declined to make a statement. Authorities say Campos Martinez lived with Hervey Medellin before he strangled the retired airline ticketing agent in December of 2011. Medellin's head and other body parts were scattered near a hiking trail in Griffith Park near the Hollywood sign. A dog being walked found the head a month after the killing. Authorities later found hands and feet. Campos Martinez was arrested last year in Texas. Well, give that dog a bone, huh? He was probably like, rrr, rrr, no, come on, give me the head, damn it. Well, oh, he'd never had a prize like that before. Probably wanted to roll around in it. Anywho, good boy, Duke, good boy. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Denver, a man arrives home to find a zombie passed out in his chair. A Denver man who arrived home the day after Halloween was shocked to find a man wearing zombie makeup passed out drunk in a chair. A resident of the city's trendy Rhino neighborhood got to his apartment November 1st and found his home trashed and the man identified as Dane Clark asleep. The unknown suspect was sleeping on the victim's couch. When the victim contacted the suspect, the suspect menaced him with a large knife, said a police statement. The victim ran out of the house and called the police. Clark, 29, lived in the same building, and police say he'd been drinking heavily at his birthday party when he lost control and left. According to CBS Denver, police say that Clark was too intoxicated to even speak to them when he was picked up later that day. He was charged with felony menacing. It's unclear if Clark has yet entered a plea. According to CBS Denver, Clark's family says he'll spend a month in rehab for alcohol abuse and is being evicted from his apartment. Oh! Look on the bright side, he didn't eat anybody. And then there's this from, can you guess? Yes, Florida! Woman, battered bow over sex position dispute. The 45, wait, what? Oh yeah, the 45 year old Florida woman was her, wait a minute, what is her name? Shit! What kind of a news operation is this? All right. Let's rewrite. A 45-year-old woman was arrested Saturday evening following a bizarre series of events that began with a trip to a storage unit with her ex-husband, with whom she was recently reunited. According to cops, according to cops, Looper, that's her name, and Michael Vaccaro, who were married for 12 years, drove together to retrieve some of his belongings from their storage unit in Bradenton. While parked in the rear of the facility, Looper got undressed and asked Vaccaro if he wanted to have sexual intercourse. Vaccaro agreed and told Looper to lay down. But Looper 
a court filing notes, did not want to have sexual intercourse in that position, and stated no. It is unclear where the pair was planning to tryst or the position that was rejected by Looper. During a subsequent argument, Looper allegedly struck Vaccaro in the head with a thrown object. As Vaccaro sought to remove some of his belongings from the car's rear seat, Looper allegedly accelerated the auto, with Vaccaro still halfway inside the vehicle. As Vaccaro pulled out of the vehicle, Looper drove over his right foot. Ah! Damn. <laughs> okay, you don't want anal. Jeez. Uh, when cops arrived at the seat, Vaccaro was bleeding from a head wound, and his right foot appeared to be swelling. After being contacted by police, Looper returned to the vicinity of the storage facility. She was unable to explain Vaccaro's, <laughs> Vaccaro's injuries, noted police, who added that she stated Vaccaro wanted to have sex with her. Looper, who works as a housekeeper, was arrested for domestic battery. She was booked into jail on the misdemeanor charge and released from custody yesterday after posting $750 in bond. Looper was busted in August for domestic battery after she allegedly punched Vaccaro in the face, neck, and arm after he ignored her request to do laundry. <laughs> Prosecutors subsequently declined to pursue the misdemeanor charge against Looper. Yeah, you see? Well, next time, that's gonna be it for Vaccaro. And that's the news! Up next, another exciting chapter of your favorite superhero, Night Night. A lot of creepy, a lot of good-looking girls in this audience now. I got a fucking log in my underwear. That's right, I have a wooden cock. I was circumcised with a pencil sharpener. Our pal, the late, great Otto Peterson, is no longer with us. But his legacy of laughs lives on at autoandgeorge.com. There, you can order Otto and George's new DVD slash CD in concert. And you can get his new t-shirt. Or anything Otto and George can be found at autoandgeorge.com. The Bob Levy Show supports Warrior Point. Warrior Point, Inc. was created to be the number one rallying point for any and all veterans who have honorably served this great nation. It does not matter whether you served your time during peacetime, wartime, or if you're still serving. At Warrior Point, you can join the brotherhood of your fellow veterans and buttress one another and to help raise awareness of the issues you face as defenders of our nation. You can follow Warrior Point on Twitter at Warrior Point, like them on Facebook, and go to their site warriorpoint.org, and all of these links can be found at revboblevy.com. Previously on Night Night. Holy kachin! He's really billionaire Playboy subscriber Lyle Richmond. Wow! A goddamn billionaire! Here, got the shot. Now to call up the pink elephant and reveal to Night Night's greatest enemy his secret identity. No Night Night's secret identity or not? Holy shit! I knew you wouldn't let me down, girl. Hot damn! Daddy's going to have to take his little piggy to market and buy her some serious bling bling. Damn it, Pink. Come back to bed. You want me to ship chafe into Holly Berry or Beyonce? Uh, 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 hush up, Mud. Uh, I'm on the motherfucking phone. What the hell? Y you and, and Maiden Mud and, and Beyonce? You, you backstabbing bastards! You can both go to hell! 
Our arrangement, Mr. Elephant, was for you to give me my knight's true identity in exchange for the mayor's itinerary. I've never been in the habit of rewarding incompetence, and I'm not about to start now. Clearly, you can't live up to your side of the bargain, so the deal's off. Now come on, Mix Baby. Don't be all like that. This ain't over till the fat bitch sees. We know the flat big knows the secret, so all we's got to do is pick her up and make a squeal. Then we is back in business. And now, part two of Pig in a Wet Blanket. The next morning, which is around noon for night-night, finds our hero waking up in his everyday guise of billionaire Playboy subscriber, Lyle Richmond. Suddenly, he finds himself nakedly nude in bed. And he's not alone. He turns to find the bare-assed form of the flying pig. <gasps> My God. It it wasn't just another sweaty, one-handed dream. It was all truthfully true. For there she is, the goddess of my dreams, just laying there in all her big, round, bulbous, bare-assed glory. <laughs> I guess it's just the romantic in me to always notice a woman's best attributes. Honey? Uppity, uppity, up, up, up. <laughs> Just relax, my sweet. I'll go downstairs and have Smedley prepare a breakfast fit for a goddess. Yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. But first, I must make room for said breakfast, so I'll be in the john dumping a load. And soon our hero heads downstairs and joins his usual companions, Smedley and Dick Sprung, his half-brother, and who is in reality, Squire Boobo. Well, 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 look who dragged his lazy ass up. Please prepare a fourth meal for our special guest. I can't help but notice she didn't come down with you. <laughs> ah, Smedley, jealousy ill becomes you. I'm sure my fair maiden is exhausted from our night of voracious lovemaking. No doubt she's upstairs now, still basking in the afterglow of our consummated passion. But at that moment upstairs, we see the flying pig, already back in her pig tights, but on the floor of a running shower. She rocks back and forth in an attempt to come to terms with recent events. And back in the kitchen, Lyle Richmond, who is in reality night-night, begins to read the paper. And on the front page of the Daily Blow is a headline stating that D.A. Felicity Style says, Night-night is a menace to society. What the? Damn that bitch. Style has just made the list. The time is ripe for action. Night-night action. Oh, boy. Hold on a minute, night-night. What? Seems you're getting an emergency signal call from the ASS. The American Super Society. So, D.A. Style will have to wait. Let's go, Bobo. We must rush to the Hall of Superdom. Oh, boy! And later, at the Hall of Superdom, 
headquarters of the world's greatest superheroes, the ASS. Night Night and Bubo join their leader, Sun King, Moon Maid, the amphibious Frogman, the Light, and the Flea, fastest Bugman alive. And so, with a generous campaign contribution and a promise to pursue green projects, my arch-enemy Rex Rain has finally gotten himself out of prison. But that's ridiculous. He massacred several blocks of city. Well, technically, Flea, the weapons that he sold to those terrorists is what massacred those people, so they don't hold him directly responsible. Anyway, with him out, it's only a matter of time before he reunites our enemies, the Apocalyptic Association. So, Frogman, any luck on locating the Apocalyptic Association's headquarters? Well, you know, it's mobile. They can fly that thing around, but I've been swimming in a lot of swamps, and uh, I haven't seen anything that looks like a giant Darth Vader head, so uh, maybe they change it to something else. Yeah, I'll keep looking, you know. In the meantime, we need to beef up our patrols and keep in contact with each other and network our finds on our arch enemies, as each of us has one. And they're all members of the Apocalyptic Association. Now, what I've done is, of course, network with the local police in the areas that I'd normally patrol. Plus, I've also have had my contacts in NASA. Now, Light, and your secret identity of Agent Joe Journal, you've actually worked for NASA. That's right, Sun King. So far, though... I haven't found any suspicious activity in orbit. However, this only increases my suspicion that our enemies are indeed conspiring Come together. Come on, as Sun King, hurry this up. I, I got a crap so bad I can taste it. What's the word on the street concerning the pink elephant? Night-night? Night-night, are you listening? Well, uh, so far, uh, pink elephant's whereabouts remain unknown. So yeah, he could be in cahoots with Rex Rain as we speak. Hey, the pizza's here. No, oh, well, let's all take a break, have lunch, and then get to work on what we've talked about here today. Later, inside the world-famous men's room of the American Super Society, we find the light and the flea. Um, uh, hey there, flea. Oh, uh, hey, light. Say, uh, look, flea. About the other night, I, um, that, that is to say, I mean, um, I, I, I don't want to talk about it, but, but don't you think we should? I, no, later, but I, oh, curse is faster than light speed, oh, well, I don't know what to do, I, I think I'm in love. <laughs> hey, who's in there? Um, dad. Uh, it's just me, uh, night-night. I'm just trying to take a dump. Oh, uh, well, um, yeah. Ah, oh, shit! What's wrong, night-night? Uh, it's just this stall. It has no toilet paper. Well, that's okay, night-night. With my plasma light energy, I can clean your ass out with a beam of pure light energy. Ah... Uh... No, never mind. Uh, I, uh, I have an emergency roll in my night belt, so, uh... Okay, suit yourself. I'll see you later. Gosh, I sure hope he didn't hear the flea in me. So, the flea and the light are a couple of fudgepackers. They just need to find the right woman. Just like the flying pig found the right man. Me! 
Hey, night, night, hurry up in there. <coughs> oh, man, it feels like something died in here. <laughs> ah, hush up, boo boo. All right, let's go to the night cruiser. Yeah, we gotta get on the ball and try to figure out where the flying pig is. Guess we'll hit his usual old haunts first, huh? Not so fast, Bobo. First things first. We still have to deal with Felicity Style. Yeah, but Sun King said Sun King's not the boss of me. Well, he's the leader. He's not the leader of Night Night, and Night Night business takes priority. You're just jealous of him because he has superpowers and he gets to bang Moon Maid. <laughs> jealous of some idiot who can fly around and shoot laser beams out of his belt buckle? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he's flying around and shooting beams out of his belt, it looks like he's peeing on people. <laughs> <laughs> For once, Bubo, you actually had a clever observation. Now, to the night cruiser! Oh, boy! <laughs> Up a tall building overlooking the city hall offices of Cityopolis's young district attorney Felicity Style. Here we find Night Night and Bubo. Night Night carefully scans Miss Style's office window. Ha <laughs> ha! I knew surveillance would lead me to the secrets of her true corrupt nature. Suddenly, the view through Night Night's binoculars reveals Miss Style injecting something into her thigh. She's a damn junkie. Now I can run her ass out of office without ruining Commissioner Wetwin. Come on, Bubo. Let's go. Bubo. Bubo. Hey, what the hell are you doing over there? The DA's office is over here, goddammit. Look at me, you idiot. Sorry, night-night, but I had to go pee. What are you talking about? We're on a rooftop. You can't pee up here. <laughs> I just pissed off the roof down in the back alley. It was cool. Oh, God, you could have hit somebody. Well, I did. There was just convertible basket by, and I totally nailed him. No, oh, damn it, Bubo! We're superheroes, not common beer-chuggling piss ants. Next time you need to pee, you piss like a superhero. And with that, Night Night fires his cable gun, sending his thin but still light cable through the air. Within seconds. The night cable smashes through the office window of D.A. Style, attaching itself to the opposite wall. What the hell? And soon our masked marvels embark on their crusade against D.A. Style's seeming corruption. So they cross the street several feet above it by dangling on Night Night's thin, steel-like cable. Damn it. There's no heavy wind yet. I, I can't stop shaking. Why? <laughs> what? God damn it, Bubo! Stop shaking the rope, you idiot! Shaking? <laughs> you mean like this? <laughs> no! Stop it, you little shit! <laughs> night night scared! Grip. <laughs> night night! What the hell? How dare you! This is it, Night Night! You've gone too far this time! I'm going to lock you up and flush the key! <coughs> Cut the crap, lady. I saw you shooting up the dirty juice. You're through. Shooting up? Do you mean my insulin? Insulin? Oh. Uh, 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 
I don't want to talk about this anymore. Hey, night, night, wait for it. <laughs> I cut my poopy on the window. <laughs> Later in the night's lair, our heroes seek medical attention from Smedley. Ew. <laughs> it hurts. Shut up, boy. <laughs> Keep still before I cut your new ass. Oh. Hurry up and sew up his ass, Smedley. And no anesthetic. That's only for emergencies. Bearing witness to this bizarre scene of first aid is the flying pig, who has come down in search of night-night. What's happened to your boy, Booba? Mild retardation due to being dropped on the floor by his drunken whore of a mother. Um, um, okay. Look, since I'm staying here, I'm going to need some clothes. I can't stay in my pig tights forever, but, like, I don't have a wallet on it, because, like I said, I'm in tights. I understand. Don't get me started on the trials and tribulations of a life in tights. So here, this is a credit card with an untraceable account. You can buy a whole new wardrobe with that. Gee, thanks, 99. <laughs> Nothing creams pennies like hard plastic. And later, our heroes are back on the road again. Boy, do I feel stupid sitting on this ice pack. <laughs> Believe you me, Bubo, you've got a lot more than a sore ass on an ice pack to feel stupid over. And later still, out in front of the steps of City Hall, we find Police Commissioner John Wetwin giving a press conference on the city's crime wave problem. And so, in the face of this current crime wave, I'm announcing the formation of a new task force. But do you have the manpower? You'd better believe he has the manpower. He's got night-night power. Hey, look up there. Hey, it's night-night. He's up on that lamppost. Oh, look, look, it's night-night. Yeah, it's night-night. What's night-night doing here? Commissioner, are you in league with a vigilante? Why don't you arrest him? You know, like you said you would. Uh, uh, the press conference is over. What? But it just started. Damn it, night-night. I don't have time for this shit. Then you'd better make time. I'm sick of you acting all embarrassed of me, but in fact, you fear that I will outshine your keystone cop force. Oh, shut up, Night-Night. Suddenly, someone in the crowd tosses a brick up at Night-Night, hitting him in the face. <laughs> Night-Night struggles to maintain his balance while Bubo leaps to safety. No, I'll not be taken down by some common pissant, for I am... Night-Night! But Night-Night loses his battle for balance when he lands on the lamppost, crushing his balls. And so, the mighty Night-Night succumbs to the pain of his crushed testicles, passes out, and falls to the pavement below. As our hero lay in the streets, the crowd loses interest and leaves, but then his motionless form catches the interest of a nearby vagrant. A vagrant who looks over Night-Night, then unzips his pants and proceeds to urinate on the face of our hero. <laughs> Ego, Night-Night. Have a drink on me. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bubo sits by and watches the whole disgusting scene, doing nothing. Oh man, that filthy bum is peeing all night night. I feel like I should be doing something. But that bum looks scary, and I got stitches to protect. 
Oh, no! Must Night-Night endure this indignity? Find out in the next exciting chapter of Night-Night! This has been a Nailsin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? And now, it's time for another edition of Perhaps... Lincoln's ghost spotted in White House. But maybe not. For generations, visitors and employees at the White House have claimed to have seen Abraham Lincoln's ghost. There's even a Wikipedia page dedicated to Honest Abe's apparition. Now, one paranormal researcher believes he has photographic proof of Lincoln's spirit in the White House. Joshua P. Warren says a 1950 photo taken in the White House basement shows a strange ghost-like figure that he believes is America's 16th president. The place where the photo was taken is directly below the Lincoln bedroom. And since Lincoln is the ghost most reported being seen in the White House, I think it could be Lincoln. He told Huffo, the photo Warren is referring to was taken by longtime White House photographer Abby Rowe. It shows a man in a bulldozer in the foreground and a group of men in the background on the left. In the rear center of the photo is the figure of a man who seems to be transparent. A little more than the current president, huh? <laughs> anyway, Warren says the bizarre ghost-like image in the photo wasn't noticed until 2008 when the photo appeared in Truman, David McCullough's 1992 Pulitzer Prize-winning biography. The man who found the photo, Bob Morton, sent a letter to the author asking about the image, but received no response. Warren may believe that transparent man is the ghost of Lincoln, but other people are more skeptical. Hmm. In a mini-documentary Warren made about the photo, he interviews various photographers, all of whom suspect the so-called ghost image was most likely caused by a long exposure or double exposure. Warren disagrees. There is a man down in front of the photo walking down a mound of dirt, Warren said. You can see by his position that there was only one or two seconds between the time when the shutter was open and when it closed. Brian Bonner of the Rocky Mountain Paranormal Research Society thinks there's more than a ghost of a chance the photographers are right, and Warren is wrong. This photograph is a classic example of 1950s architectural photography, which means that they did not really care about the people in the image as they did about documenting the construction. Bonner told Huffbo, With my over 30 years of photographic experience, I have no doubt that this image is just a blurred person. Warren suspects the ghostly figure is slightly taller than an average person, based on how the heads of the men on the left all touch the dark, horizontal streak in the background. He explains it on his website. If we assume the three men are of average height, this means that the figure is likely taller than average. Though we are uncertain about the grade of the ground on this construction site, Lincoln was approximately six feet four inches, so this is also consistent with the possibility we are seeing Lincoln's apparition. Ben Rafford, deputy editor of Skeptical Inquirer magazine, says, 
Ghostly images like the one Warren is getting excited about are abundant in long exposure photography, including many Civil War photographs. There's nothing unusual about the image. In fact, I'd be surprised if a close review of Rowe's other photos taken around the same time with the same equipment didn't reveal similar ghosts. Radford told HuffPo. Warren is basically arguing that if he personally couldn't replicate or explain the photo, then nobody can, and therefore it's a ghost. And since it's the White House, it's the ghost of Abraham Lincoln, Radford said. It's funny how it's never thought to be the ghost of a lesser-known president like Fillmore or Polk. Warren believes he could better prove his case if he had access to the original negative or permission to do a ghost hunting investigation at the White House. He's been denied both requests, which perturbs him. <laughs> there seems to be a conspiratorial air, he said. I was born in the U.S. and have no criminal record. I received a security clearance to visit the White House in 2011, and I have a valid U.S. passport. There is no reason why I shouldn't have access to this photo. Warren says the Lincoln Ghost pick is one of many taken during the Truman administration that were declared classified in 1978 by Jimmy Carter. Truman was president when the Roswell crash happened, as well as the formation of the CIA and NSA, so it's possible there are other photos in that file that might surprise us, Warren said. However, Radford is more surprised than anyone would consider what Warren calls the world's most credible and amazing ghost photo to be serious evidence of the supernatural. If this really is the best photographic evidence for ghosts, if a published expert on ghosts can't tell the difference between an ordinary long exposure and a ghost, then the quality of ghost evidence is in far worse shape than I imagined, Radford said. I guess that's why he works for a magazine called Skeptical Inquirer. So, is it Lincoln's ghost? Perhaps. But maybe not. Not. Well, it's time to turn out the lights here at RadioMisfits.com and close the door on this particular episode of the Mr. Nelson Show. I hope you got a chuckle or two out of it. Yes, yes. Anyway, on a personal note, I've recently been diagnosed with diabetes. It's a family tradition, and plus, you know, I didn't want to be left out in the current hot trend in America. Ah, don't worry about it. I'll deal with it. Ah, and also, another thing, uh, this will be posted Saturday, so a belated happy birthday wish to my good friend, Sandra. Good night, everybody. My days are all spent, my time is up I know not where my hour went My eyes are closed shut, my book's wide open My lips grip the brim of the cup The mysteries are automatically sealed Secrecy fills the air And all my wounds are miraculously healed Tis heresy not to care I will love her forever, ever then Forever, ever then, forever, ever then, I will love her. Forever, ever then, forever, ever then, forever, ever then, I will love her. Till the day I die, beyond the time of days, when the stars fall from the sky, up against the skin of the wall, the meat of her maze as the crow gives a call. 
Under the cloak of my shade, a shine will never ever fade. Out of the wet of her sea, and all our dreams will be set free forever.